Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. Once again, it is Melinda Barkhouse Ross and me, Gerald Glassford, right here for you at the best of pop culture in 2022. Thanks so much for watching and listening. I still got plenty of stuff in the queue for the best of pop culture in 2022. Well, that means uh, less Warhammer talk for you, if that's mm. the case. Yes, you well, know. not lately with the Henry Cavill that's announcement. True. So there's been a lot of debate in this house over what and who Henry Cavill is going to play. Both Robbie and I kind of agree that he's definitely going to be playing the role of a Primarch. I can't imagine him or even the Emperor himself. I don't know, but... No, I don't see the Emperor. You don't so. think? You don't think? See, no. there's this... I'm going to... Sorry, I just got to nerd out for just a second because there's a... It. So there's a ton of lore. Like, it, it, it would take you years and years and years to catch up on all of the Warhammer lore. Mm-hmm. But there's this one story and it's animated right now and it's on YouTube. You can find it. And it's the story about the last church on earth. And it talks about uh, this man who is part of the war and he walks into this church and the discussion that he has with the uh, priest inside the church about faith mm-hmm. and, and stuff like that is incredibly poignant um, it's it's very, very deep, and it's an incredibly touching and very sad story. And I, my gosh, if if I could get on a phone call with Henry Cavill, I would be like, bro, you need to start whatever series you're running, whatever version of Warhammer 40K, you have to start with that as the opening scene. That would be so powerful, and so many people would be hooked into it. That was one of the first things that Robbie showed me. And I was like, okay, Warhammer has some soul to it. So it's definitely worth, you know, looking up and and reading into a little bit. Because, oh my gosh, it's so good. I'm going to send you the link after the show, Gerald. And maybe we can put it on our uh, Facebook page. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. I would love to. And then I will say, though, that I was watching uh, one of the pop culture, uh, I guess, really great streamers out there, or actually creates his own videos, uh, Emergency Awesome. I will give him a lot of credit. Uh, He went into Warhammer pretty in-depth for a 12-minute video or thereabouts, explained it a lot. One thing he does, he he tries to, he nerds out, but he does it in a way that he tries to explain it to a general audience because he knows he's dealing with millions of viewers potentially each and every time that he goes ahead and puts out a video. So the way he explains it, as far as what possibilities they're in for Henry Cavill and Warhammer, I really think that uh, the King is probably not one of them. King, I mean, I'm sure it'll be talked about, but I just don't think that for a starring role that the King would be the starring role. If he's going to be the star, if he's going to be the front man for this, he would have to play a different role than the King that was from what I was seeing in that video and what I'm seeing as far as the feedback on that. I just don't think the the role of the King would be right for him as the star of everything Warhammer. Yeah, there are a lot of people who are uh, talking about them uh, starting the series in the Horus Heresy and, and all of that kind of stuff. And and it does make sense. And, uh, you know, I, I do still, and I know a lot of people are arguing against it, but I do think that he's going to play one of the Primarchs. I really do. 
Yeah, that I heard. That's but I just didn't. I I'm saying as far as it's going to be one of the lead soldiers, the lead uh, lead guard per se. And then I, I just don't think that when he would be taking up the role of the king, I just think that's too limited of a role. You he would not be on screen enough for that. I think. Yeah, and and that's why because <laughs> Robbie is so funny. He's gone so far into. Henry Cavill's backstory. I know this is not what we're here to talk about today, but no, for some no. reason it's on my mind. Um, okay. I can't imagine why. Um, but Robbie is almost willing to put 20 bucks down on Tom Cruise playing the emperor. Uh, I think that I would take that bet. I would right? take that. Yeah. Like, Tom, Tom seems... does not do TV yet. He's not, he's not, I mean, you just got Harrison Ford in a television series. My God. And it well, took him to 80 to get to that. Right, but if you watch any... He's still jumping out of airplanes to thank people for watching Top Gun Maverick like he did the other day. Yeah, I saw that too. And But I mean, like, if you watch the Tom Cruise interviews where he's talking about Henry Cavill doing the thing where he cocks his arms when he's getting ready to go into that fight, Tom Cruise is such a fanboy of Henry Cavill that I feel like he's going to do anything that Henry Cavill asks him. And I just, I would not be surprised. It's the weirdest thing, but I really won't be surprised. Okay, fair okay. enough. Sorry, I would be, just I would be, out I, about that for a second. I, I just don't think Amazon can, uh, as you send me, thank you for sending me that, that link, by the way. I just got yeah. it. Amazon cannot write enough zeros for Tom Cruise to play that role. I'm just, that's just all I'm going to say. But I'm, I'm yeah. telling you, it's, it's the Cavill connection. I think that he has worked with everybody that he would want involved in this project. I think he's finally worked with all of the correct people. And I think that he is. He would do a cameo, but he would not do something wrong. I don't, I I don't know. I, I feel like Henry Cavill is persuasive and charming enough to, uh, you know, talk some of these mega stars into doing an Amazon show. I really, I really do. Well, we'll see what know. happens, but I, maybe I don't, I've, yeah, maybe I've I had think, too much of Robbie's Kool-Aid. I don't know. I think you have. I think you have. I think you've been drinking way too much of the Kool-Aid. <laughs> But I, I also will say that's probably 2024 at the earliest, late 2024 at the earliest before you see any signs of, of anything coming about as far as a trailer or even a, you know, the start of the series itself. So let the anticipation begin, but it's going to take a while. I just, I'll just say that right now. Hmm. But it is to me not Obi-Wan Kenobi, the best Star Wars series for Disney Plus. Far and away the best series in the Star Wars realm on Disney Plus. You could say maybe the Mandalos the Mandalorian season two, but Andor season one was compelling on a whole different level. We already know what's going to be the future for Andor, Cassian Andor, but the way this is being told, the birth of the rebellion, the way it was structured out, the when Andor gets imprisoned. And we see a new side of, of what's going on as far as the building of the Death Star and the components that, that needed and how they were built in the, in the prisons. And uh, to see the compelling acting for not only Diego Luna, but just really just truly everyone involved with this show really did a great job. They lengthened it out, I think, two episodes too many. They had two filler episodes, like I mentioned before, but... Outside of that, the cast is just exemplary. Stellan Skarsgård, he is just truly, truly good at this. Denise Go as the evil Dedra, she is just, she commands the screen. And I will tell you what, with one of the best 
absolute best, uh, you know, uh, Emmy worthy performances, Andy Circus. Gotta gotta go ahead and consider him for an Emmy for his uh, short stay, only three episodes, three or four episodes, I think, in the series. But what he's in there is definitely worth it. And if you get a chance, please check this out. It is probably some of the best Star Wars of the last decade, at it's, least. It's on my list of uh, things to watch during that week between Christmas and New Year's where you don't wear pants and eat too many cookies. It's that's <laughs> that's the time that I've designated to dedicating to this because I with everything that you've been saying about it, um, I, I really want to make sure that I'm giving it my full attention and I'm giving it all of the time that it sounds like it deserves. So I, I can't agree with you because I haven't seen it yet. But everything that I'm hearing uh, about it, uh, particularly from you, um, has me pretty excited to jump back into the Star Wars game. The only reason it doesn't get a 10 for me is because of two filler episodes. So it's like a nine plus for me sure. as a whole. And that's really, really damn good. Yeah. And, you know, we, you know we've talked about it uh, before, the importance of those filler episodes that you need to take to give your audience a moment to breathe. And, you know, we, we talked about that a lot this year, um, particularly with the um, Andor, as well as Hawkeye. You know, yeah. there were a couple of episodes in there that, you know, could be considered filler episodes. And uh, I think it's important to give the characters a break. I think it's important to give the audience a, an opportunity to take a bit of a break and, and catch their breath and, and all of that kind of stuff. So I think those those episodes are important. Um, but by the sounds of it, the pace of Andor is pretty, pretty quick. So I can understand why um, a, a, a quote unquote filler episode or a shopping episode, as we call it in the D&D world, um, uh, is, you know, important to, to put in place. Oh, but I tell you that that last episode is extremely emotional, extremely compelling and gives purpose and meaning for the rebellion in and of itself. And I will say that it is definitely worth the watch. It is one of my best of 2022 in pop culture. It is Star Wars and or season one. It may not be the most watched Disney Plus show that's out there, which is probably very disappointing to me, which is very disappointing to me. But if you haven't caught it yet, it is well worth your time. Absolutely. Anything else for you, my friend? Because I let still got see. a couple more to go. Uh, yeah, Actually, I've got three see. more to go. Wordle? Of course. Can't We couldn't do a, a, a year-end wrap-up without talking about the phenomenon of, of Wordle. Maverick, yep, yeah, uh, that's that's definitely one to mention as well. Top Gun Maverick, mm-hmm. and another song that I kind of glazed over and didn't put a check mark beside yet is uh, "We Don't Talk About Bruno." Mm, yes, the rise of that, even though that technically came out last year, yeah, because Encanto came out last year, it actually gained so much in popularity this year. Wordle was so huge at the beginning part of this year. Everybody was playing it. We actually did an episode <laughs> on the show. So if you get a chance, check it out. It's in the archives right there for you. Just type in Wordle on a search and you'll be able to see it for the Pop Culture Cosmos. We actually did it during the course of the show. We had a tremendous time doing it. So I was playing it religiously like everybody else for the couple months straight. So I definitely enjoyed my time doing it. And Top Gun Maverick, how can you not talk 2022 without the success of Top Gun Maverick? What it did as far as the bringing this, this Top Gun IP back to life after so many decades, bringing in such stellar format as far as being on the big screen, the IMAX, everybody's ooing and aahing over it, a spectacle in and of itself. And 
obviously generating close to one and a half billion dollars being the big hit of the summer even beating out the marvels and all the the other movies that were out yeah really uh gotta say a lot about tom cruise and his, his drawing power he even uh thanked everyone the other day by jumping out of an airplane thanking everyone for that so you know the guy's crazy but he definitely uh for everything that he puts into his movies it's truly appreciated you never know. One of his movies might be on my most anticipated of 2023, but we'll talk about that coming up here in another episode. But any more for you before I hit my top three, I think? No, I mean, that that pretty much checks all of my boxes. I mean, uh, I have uh, Rihanna had a baby this year. Okay. Um, I, you know, I'm very happy for her. I know that uh, having... Uh, well, I don't, I'm saying I know like me and Rihanna are best friends, but mm-hmm. um, you know, you, you read a lot about uh, Rihanna and her desire to have a family and, and all of that kind of stuff. So uh, you know, the, the pregnancy announcement was a pretty big deal and all of the uh, photos that we saw of her with the baby bump and, and all of that stuff, she just looked very happy and, and was glowing in all of that happiness. And uh, then the, the birth of the baby and uh, you know, I, on a personal level, am very happy for Rihanna, who I do not know at all, but I, I'm still thrilled for her. So I, that was a that was a highlight for me of 2022. Okay, fair enough. Uh, but it leads into my top three for the best of pop culture for 2022. At number three, we talked about a Star Wars television show being so good. How many years has it been since we had something in the Star Wars universe? And something in the Star Trek universe be on many best of lists for 2022. There's not that many. but No, I don't know that it's ever happened that the two are on best of lists at the same time. Well, there will be this year because mm. not only is Star Wars and or getting a lot of love, but Star Trek Strange New Worlds is also getting a lot of love. And this was an incredible series. One of the, like I, I said with Star Wars and or, some of the best Star Wars material I've seen in probably since the uh, you know going leading back to the to the original movies you know some of the best stuff there in the star wars universe that and and the the mandalorian season two which was last year but outside of that star wars has been all over the place as far as uh, the kind of uh, quality that it's had star trek the same thing all over the place as far as the the quality in fact something from the star trek universe may appear on my worst of list for 2022 but when it comes to the best of Star Trek Strange New Worlds, absolutely fantastic series. It's an offshoot of something that was done in Star Trek Discovery, and some of the characters were brought over for this. The characters in and of itself that interact, all of the entire crew interact so well with each other. They look like they're having a great time while doing this series, and it shows and reflects in every single episode. There's no filler episodes. It's all fun. It's all enjoyable to watch. They approached this in the way that the original series was approached as far as the new adventure every week. And I think it worked. And I think it's created one of the best Star Trek pieces of media that's been out there since TNG. To me, that's truly the measure of uh, a Star Trek series. I hope one day it gets the kind of love that folks are giving for Yellowstone and 1823 and some of these other shows, Halo, I wish they would give Star Trek series a lot of love, and especially this one, Strange New World. So I'm hoping that it will get the millions of viewers that it deserves. So we'll see. 
Well, well I mean, it's 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 also kind of a, a par for the course when it comes to a new Trek series. Mm -hmm. When they're good, it can take a couple of seasons for people to really discover it. We saw that with The Next Generation. We saw that with Deep Space Nine, which in retrospect is so good. I think that the best is yet to come from Strange New Worlds. For the latest news and information, analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, Check out the Lakers Fast Break podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. All right, my top two, the best of 22 in pop culture is here. And I'm going to start off with the movie that you and I talked about a little bit earlier that we saw a bit of at NAB, and that is the amazing everything, everywhere, all at once. My number two item in pop culture for 2022, Michelle Yeoh is simply outstanding. It's a breathtaking movie. It's a multiverse movie that Marvel wishes it could make, but cannot even come close to. Doctor Strange absolutely gets destroyed by Michelle Yeoh because this movie really kicked its ass, and it kicks ass on its own. Really just experience unlike anything I saw this year, except with one exception. So definitely uh, am really happy for it. I hope it gets all the gold as far as the Oscars, Golden Globes. I hope it rides that momentum all the way through and hopefully it gets everything that it just deserves. And it's been a surprise hit for A24. A24's biggest movie ever is Everything Everywhere All at Once. And it is because it is Everything Everywhere All at Once. And it is my number two pop culture item of the year. Yeah, and I think what's what's also truly great about it, uh, you mentioned the studio A24, and it's it's an example of the things I think that people are starving for from Hollywood, and that is interesting, unique ideas and unique stories instead of this rehashing and, um, you know, the the redo and the uh, you know go back and make over this movie and swap out these characters and put these characters in like. I think that uh, the the Hollywood creative tank seems to be pretty close to empty. And then you see a movie like Everything Everywhere All at Once come in and just absolutely dominate. You would hope that, you know, the bigger studios in Hollywood would take note and be like, okay, so some out-of-the-box ideas are really going to, to hit. And, uh, you know, it, it probably was a gamble for this little studio. But, man, oh, man, has it paid off for them. That it has. And I'm very excited to go ahead and see if Michelle Yeoh and all the others involved with this film will be receiving all the just do in the new year for what they did for everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah, Michelle is deadly. I mean, in everything that she's in, she's fantastic. But man, oh man, she's so good in this. Absolutely. All right. Well, that leads me to my number one. And so your number one thing in pop culture was for this year? I didn't really have like an order exactly. Um, but, uh, you know, some of the stuff that I probably talked about the most ad nauseum um, was probably everything everywhere all at once. Um, probably followed up by Wednesday. I encourage people to watch that as much as possible. And probably Spy Family. I think I've turned people onto that one uh, quite a bit as well, just in, in passing conversations. So those are probably the things that I probably talked about the most, she said with a question mark. Well, uh, that's something you definitely have talked about quite a bit. So that's your best of as far as pop culture for 2022. My best. A pop culture for 2022 is 
none other than uh-huh. Severance on Apple Plus. Of Severance course. on Apple Plus. I've already watched the series this season one three times already, and I'm looking to do a fourth just before season two starts. Amazing. From every single episode, the mystery deepens. The the world gets into the lives uh, the lives that they are outside of the workplace, and then once they go and transition themselves via the elevator, in, and they get their mind switched and turned into something else when they're at work, and the different individual that they are down below at the workplace. When from what they come up as 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 far as when you know it's just the complete dichotomy of everything that's going on and just the way the company is uh, interceding into all this and trying to control everything and how human uh, curiosity and and some other just basic human traits are are getting in the way of of all this and and leading to a side of good. You see, you see the mystery being broken down further and further and further by the innies that are trying to go ahead and escape uh, the harshness of their world that they have and they become part of the universe themselves at maybe sometimes at the cost of their own outward selves but still they're trying to do what they can to go ahead and survive in this mix and get the word out about how this how they're you know they themselves are being treated when they go down there to work each and every day so yeah definitely a compelling television every single episode was fantastic it was top-notch Ben Stiller, as far as directing and guiding this crew, just Adam Scott did a tremendous job. And the compelling last words, which I will not utter right here because it is definitely a spoiler Mm -hmm. if I do, leads you to one of those, no, you can't leave me on this hook type deal. So it definitely leaves you on a cliffhanger. And again, it is still one of the best seasons of television I have watched this century. This century. Holy this century. moly. And that's Whoa. 22 years already. So that those tells are, you something. Those are big words, sir. Yes. I cannot call one of the best series of all time because it's only one season. So you don't know where it's going from there. But I can tell you of the season itself, it's one of the best I've ever watched. Incredible. All right. Well, there you have it. There's our list of the best in pop culture for 2022. But before we head on out, got a couple more things we want to run down. And of course, we if we have... The best in pop culture 2022. Please check that out. There's also the worst in pop culture for 2022. And hopefully Robbie will not appear in any of these lists. Is that correct? (laughs) No, no. He's he's definitely not part of the worst of 2022. (laughs) Okay, that's good. I just wanted to make sure. I just wanted to make sure. But once again, it's Melinda Barkhouse Ross and me, Gerald Glassford, coming right back at you here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Catch Melinda each and every time out as part of the Vampires and Vitae right there for you, wherever you get your podcasts. And of course on YouTube, please go ahead and subscribe today or while beyond the witch light, part of the wizards and wine emporium right there for you on YouTube as well. But my friend with every beautiful shiny rose that there is in the world of pop culture or in the garden of pop culture, there are some thorns and also just some, outright smelly poops that are just littered along along the road of pop culture so we must identify the poops like we identify the roses so what did not pass the smell test for you in 2022 oh we're just gonna jump right into it huh yep yep we're the worst stuff all right 
All right. Well, I'm going to start with uh, a pretty bummer of a moment for a night that was filled with um, some really uh, notable um, winners. And that is the Oscar slap. Um, that was truly unfortunate. Um, and yeah, it was, I don't even know how to, how to con like continue that conversation. I just, it was, it was a terrible moment, uh, for Will Smith, obviously for Chris Rock as well. Um, and I think that, um, it's going to be really tough for Will Smith to come back into people's, um, good graces again. I, I think a lot of people, um, took it weirdly personal. And, uh, yeah, I, I know that he spent a lot of time away and I'm just now starting to see like rumblings of, of Will Smith again, um, all of these months later, but it, that Oscar slap is absolutely I think on the that top pretty of much my... killed any chance emancipation had, no matter how good a movie it is yeah. I think for any Oscar or any award consideration, people just do not want to go ahead and consider that movie at all. Yeah. And that's what I mean. Like that's, it's so unfortunate. Um, and so unfair. Um, and yeah, I, I, I don't know how Will Smith is going to come back from this one. It, it's going to take an awful lot of, uh, you know, really I think tough... he will. I really think he will. I think it's going to take a lot of really tough PR people to start to bring him back and, and to rebuild the Will Smith brand. I honestly do. I think it will happen. It's going to take time. You're right. Mm -hmm. But I think it will happen. Well, I hope so. I, I hope that a, a you know a singular, truly terrible moment um, isn't going to completely ruin uh, this man's decade, multiple decade long career. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you on that. Uh, you know, it was a very unfortunate incident, but you know, I understand the emotions that were involved. But you got to hold in check. You you got to realize where you are. You got to realize yeah. you're one of the fun. You you got to realize you're in front of one of the largest television audiences of the year. And you really have got to go ahead and just, you know, no matter how mad you are, no matter how much you want to defend your wife, which is very admirable as far as that part of it, you got to, you got to go ahead and say to yourself, what am I doing? You know, can I talk to you off screen, Chris? Can I really just do something? Just, you know, just don't go that route in front of a live audience, such as large as the Oscars. So yeah, just just truly unfortunate yeah and the the you know the the hollering from his seat and and all of that stuff it was just uh just all around bad it, it was it was there there was a lot of things that were incredibly wrong with it and uh yeah unfortunately uh really great movies um and really great moments are suffering because of it that's too bad so that is on your worst stuff list. One mm -hmm. of the first things on, on my list is something that just barely made the cut which was you know disappointing I'll call, I'll call it one of the most disappointing of 2022. And you already see a little bit of in the background as far as one of my standees. And that's Uncharted, the movie with Tom Holland. I actually had a lot of low expectations riding into this because I didn't think he would. I think this was an ego play for him. I thought he, I'm, I don't know how this happened, but he's, he might have been playing the game one day and say, oh, this would be great. You know, I know this has been in development hell forever as far as an Uncharted movie. I think I'll go ahead and see what I can spice up. And, you know, he has Sony's ear because he's just made billions of dollars for them as Spider-Man. So I'm going to go ahead and see what I can do to spice up the Uncharted IP. And as as welcome and as, as uh, glad I as I am to see the Uncharted IP, you know, in a format that I thought it should have been a long time ago, I just don't think he's a good fit as, as Nathan Drake. I, I really thought that was a, a bad 
choice to put him in that role. I also thought that Mark Wahlberg, who would have been a better choice and was actually a choice, you know, at one time assigned to the role of Nathan Drake as Sully, he does not do it for me as well. I just thought it was a miscasting on both their parts. But again, the movie itself was just standard fare, just standard generic, uh, run-of-the-mill stuff. Did not capture the charm of what makes Uncharted so special for me. And unfortunately, was one of the most disappointing ventures. Although, again, I saw this coming a mile away from the trailers, from the look and the feel of it. I really did not think I was going to like it. And unfortunately, I didn't. But uh, that's pretty much what it came down to. I think there may have been a, a little bit of uh, like litmus testing going on um, on behalf of Sony, just seeing um, how much or where Tom Holland is in, in terms of stardom um, and getting people out to the theaters as some in a role other than Spider-Man. Um, you know, I, I think that it was a, a bit of an experiment with the studio. And um, I, I think that uh, they kind of had an answer pretty quickly and is that is that fair to him i you know you you can't say but um i i do think that that was a bit of a test uh again they're seeing the, how far they could go with him if they if it gets an uncharted 2 then obviously the, that that shows the the drawing power of of tom and see what he can do to go ahead and, and keep continuing the role of nathan drake again i don't think it's a great fit uh, but that's just me but I think since the movie made right around $400 million worldwide, I think it's under consideration by Sony to go ahead and continue this IP. But again, it's not because of the quality of the movie itself. So I'll just leave it at that. It's because you wanted to go ahead and see Tom Holland. And there you go. Exactly. Yeah. I think the, the actor was bigger than the movie and you know, you see that happen and you see it happen to varying degrees of success. And and I don't think that that was a, a successful endeavor, but perhaps with uh, a different script and, and all of that kind of stuff, maybe the second one will be better. I don't know. I'm going to try to hold out some hope and, and, you know, fall on the line of positive instead of negative. Well, the credits, the uh, end roll credits, if it's leading into that as far as a sequel, lead into the events similarly of what took place in the original video game. Mm-hmm. So if that's the case, there's a template there for you. So right. that's already worked. That could be the case here, but we'll see. Thanks for checking out the PCC, you know, the pop culture cosmos. We'll be back in one moment. And if you're ready to talk toys, I haven't stopped talking toys. Let's get to it. It's the Jay and Rob Toy Show, and we're back for season two for 10 more episodes of Toy Talking Goodness. And this time, we talk Marvel figures, we talk DC figures, Holy Grails, playsets, what if scenarios, and so much more. But we're not alone. We've brought a few friends with us this time. All that, and of course, our action figure spotlight. So check out the Jay and Rob Toy Show season two exclusively on Jinx Esports TV Canada. So Uncharted is one of my worst of 2022. It's probably the most disappointing of 2022. At least it's up there. Blonde is another movie I unfortunately got the chance to see on Netflix. Uh, Ana de Armas, she's a great actress. Uh, she's going to be ballerina. Something that we're going to be seeing, you know, talking about as far as the upcoming for the most anticipated stuff that we're doing for the ballerina John Wick series coming up. But as Marilyn Monroe... Uh, it just wasn't a fit as far as uh, the accent. Uh, you know, I couldn't get by it. But the fact is, it's just a mean movie. The direction and the script that played out for her as far as her entire life. I understand there's a lot of wrong that was done to her in her life. But this continually 
beat you over the head from her childhood on as far as all the negativity and all the bad things that have happened, uh, you know, that happened or did happen or did not happen because they made some stuff up for this movie, quite literally. Uh, it was pretty much all in the negative realm. And they just literally just kept on beating you over the head with it time in and time out. And yeah, it's just a, it's an unforgiving movie and it's not in a good way with, with, uh, with Blonde. Yeah, I'm going to piggyback on that. And uh, you, I mean, you can't mention that movie without talking about Kim Kardashian wearing Marilyn Monroe's dress uh, to the, I believe it was the Met Gala. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the amount of damage that was done to uh, this particular dress that Marilyn wore. Um, I believe that Kim did this leading up to the series. I, I feel like it was for, it was publicity both for the film as well as, let's face it, the Kardashians. So mm-hmm. um, that moment um it just i i don't and and let me be clear i don't have any kind of attachment to to marilyn monroe i I think Mm -hmm. that she's an incredibly tragic character and i think that things that happened to her were abhorrent and i don't know why it was so upsetting to me i don't know if it was upsetting to me because i don't appreciate the kardashians and i know a lot of people do i don't know what it was but it just didn't sit right with me her wearing marilyn's dress i i don't know what it was i can't quite put my finger on it yeah, I won't go there. I'll let yeah. You. yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean, right? Yes. Like it, oh, it was, I believe me. I know what you mean, but I, I just an rather... iconic dress from an iconic moment in American history. Yeah, you know, I don't, I, I don't, I, mean, I don't want to get anything started on my end if I'm saying so. I think I'll just go ahead and I'll just stay. <laughs> you're subject. just going to abstain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that was, that was a worst moment for me of 2022. A little bit more to go for me. Uh, but I'm going to go with the lost city. Uh, the movie that came out earlier this year was Sandra Bullock, Channing Tatum, and a mm. guest appearance by uh, Brad Pitt. This movie was corny. Uh, this movie really did nothing for me and was pretty much uh, two and a half hours of waste of my time. Before I go into another Star Trek Star Wars thing, hey, you have anything for me for the worst of 2022? I sure do. The unfortunate situation that surrounded uh, Canadian news icon Lisa Laflamme. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was let go uh, by uh, the the company that I, I formerly worked for, and a lot of, I mean, I, so I watched her uh, video about what happened. She wasn't given the opportunity to kind of sign off on air, which is bad form, and a lot of rumors started to circulate, in particular among broadcasters, about the possible reasons why she could have been let go. And uh, a lot of it really did circle around, unfortunately so, her allowing her gray hair to grow out. And she stopped dyeing it during COVID, as a lot of people did. But apparently the the person at the helm overseeing the news division of Bell Media at the time, because I don't think he's there anymore, um, you know, really didn't like it, didn't think it was a good look. um, And it's it's really too bad because Lisa Laflamme was one of those broadcasters when I was in broadcasting who, um, you know, I was like, you know, the world is going to be okay because Lisa Laflamme exists and she's covering the news. Um, she was that kind of broadcaster to a lot of Canadians. And um, the, the way that they uh, played Lisa Laflamme, uh, to, to use a colloquialism, uh, they, they did her dirty. And um, it, it was really unfortunate to see such a huge presence in, in Canadian news and media um, being taken out like that. Um, 
It's so much so that a rival company actually hired her as a special correspondent and sent her over to England uh, to uh, cover some of the things that happened in uh, Britain this year. So um, hopefully it's not the last that we're ever going to see of Lisa Laflamme. Um, I hope that she's doing well. I don't know. I don't have a personal contact for her. But um, yeah, no, I, I it was just it was such a gross moment um, for me um, in 2022. Definitely uh, falls onto my worst list. Well, that comes to my some of my worst list of 2022. I'm almost at the top, but not quite there yet. But I do have to get by these two. It is another Star Wars, Star Trek grouping. Mm-hmm. As we did in the best of 2022, Star Trek Picard season two was absolutely awful. I don't know what they were doing. Something about doing it, something in Los Angeles, and then going back in time to, uh, you know, uh, uh, our age, uh, you know, just, uh, okay, if you wanted to save some money and that's what you wanted to do, to do something else. Because we have, we've seen so many times Star Trek universe go back into time and to, the modern age you've seen that done at nauseum and just the, the way that it was done here was just truly uh, disjointed uh, a lot of stuff in there did not hit it just really boring to be quite honest with you and and patrick stewart trying to lead all this and you know he's at such an advanced age it's really hard for him to go ahead and have that compelling voice that he once did as john luke picard and I don't know. I'm, I'm glad that there's a season three coming up because it's going to end the series in a, hopefully a better note. But season two was just pretty much a downer as far as how you get there. So that was pretty much uh, a bummer for me. I know you are a fan of Star Trek, Picard. You are our Star Trek actually Miss Know-It-All on the show. <laughs> but, you know, I, for me, Star Trek Picard was a very big miss this season. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken, season two was filmed during the height of uh, COVID. And it shows. Yeah. So I feel like there was a lot of scrambling to, you know, produce something and, and get content out. And unfortunately, uh, you know, a, a rush job like that and, and a massive rewrite, because heaven only knows what they actually had planned, but weren't able to do because of the situation that the entire world was put into. Um, I, I think that it, it probably did suffer from that. But I can say um, that... Uh, a lot of the stuff that I'm seeing is, is talking about how they're bringing in some of the actors from deep space nine um, into the third season to give deep space nine fans an opportunity to see those characters again. And yeah. And to say uh, goodbye. So uh, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to season three, season two, pick up season three, let's get at it. And uh, let us say, you know, a fond farewell to Picard. Uh, who will forever hold a very special place in my heart uh, has for many, many years. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's disappointing to see something attached to Picard on a worst list, but I do understand it. So let's not go ahead and, and be shy when it comes to the star Wars universe, although it did have its highs as well with Andor. And of course, what you said with Obi-Wan Kenobi, it did have its lows with, the book of Sloba Fett. And unfortunately, <laughs> there's a reason why we kept on joking about the book of Sloba Fett because this, it, I think it's still going on, even though it was, I think, only six episodes. I think the episodes are still continuing. It just, or is it just my imagination? It just, <laughs> they, they moved at such a slow pace. I think you, if you need to see the book of Sloba Fett, uh, you know, if you're a completionist or want to know exactly what happened to Boba Fett, how he got up, out of the Sarlacc pit and all that, just watch the first 10 minutes. You're 
done with the series after that point. You don't really need to see anything continuing after that because after you understand how he gets out of the Sarlacc pit, that's it. That's all you need to watch. Uh, no, that's not it because you get to see the Mandalorian. But it's not a Mandalorian series, but it takes over the series. When the highlight of the series is him coming back onto the series and then they have an episode like a, a you know Mandalorian 1.5 yeah. in the middle of it, that tells me that they have no confidence in the Book of Boba Fett itself. So yeah, the Book of Boba Fett was just really disappointing in of itself. Ming-Na Wen, she, she's such a sensational actress. She didn't get anything as far as content really to chew on. So I feel really bad for her and her character. So yeah, just really overall, just a, a disappointing effort. The Book of Boba Fett, aka the Book of Boba Fett, is on my list. Any worst of, any other stinkers for you? Because I've got three more before we head on out. Okay, so um, I, gosh, it, and I'm, I'm going to say that I'm struggling, but I think I'm only struggling because I'm putting it on a worst of list. Um, and because I, I felt like it was uh, a terrible moment, whether or not you follow um, the, the British monarchy. Uh, and of course, I'm, I'm going to mention uh, the death of Queen Elizabeth II. Um, that was, uh, as a Canadian, we are still very much tied to, um, you know, the, the queen and the Royal family. Uh, so I grew up only knowing, uh, Queen Elizabeth as, you know, the head of the monarchy. So, um, this idea now that the next time I go back to Canada, her portraits will be replaced with portraits of now, uh, King Charles. So uh, that's going to be weird to see it's going to feel a little bit surrealistic i think i mean she reigned for 70 years that's incredible mm. um and you know wherever you stand on the monarchy you you do have to remember um that now uh there's a family without their matriarch and anytime that happens it's it's unfortunate and um yeah i just uh that I'm not going to say it deeply impacted me, but I, I certainly felt it uh, during those days between the announcement of her death and and then uh, her funeral and and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, it was uh, it was a, it was a pretty sad um, you know little while, and you know you you have to think of now the the British royal family sitting down about to do uh, you know their first Christmas uh, without the Queen uh, in a very long time, and uh, some of the things that. Uh, Britain is now facing, uh, they're going to be doing it without that steadfast, consistent and constant leadership of the Queen. So um, that does uh, put a bit of a cloud over uh, 2022 for me. And and that's why I put that on the worst list. I, I thought it was a, a very sad moment for us in, in 2022. What I have left on the worst of 22 is pretty bad <laughs> pretty bad stuff we ripped on it hard here at the pop culture cosmos the first one is the paramount plus series that actually got a lot of notoriety it got a lot of ratings and it wasn't yellowstone or 1823 it was based off of one of my favorite video game properties something i was so excited to oh. see which unfortunately didn't come to be and that was halo and they found so many different ways they could mess with this IP and change it. I know that Halo, especially in, in more recent editions, more recent numbered parts of the IP have really gone off the rails and really have made Halo fans angry. Well, this series did the same thing. It took the Halo lore in many ways and just 
took it aside, threw it away, jumbled it all around, mixed it up, made uh, individuals that uh, you know we thought we could follow and 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 like and enjoy into something else. And took Master Chief and just changed all the things around. You know that that he was all about. And first of all, his helmet coming off most of the series, I think, was a, pretty much a shocker to a lot of people. Then the fact that, you know, he had a, a relationship of some time, I cannot say exactly what, on family-friendly radio, and I will just leave it at that. So mm-hmm. it was just something that uh, you had to be seen to believe. But if you've been a longtime follower of the Halo universe and Master Chief, I can clearly say you were disappointed by what you saw with Halo. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just based on your reviews, it was a series that I didn't even bother with. I was like, I'm not going to give this any of my time. Gerald said it's terrible. Space cable cars. <laughs> Need I say more? You don't. You really don't. I, I get it. I understand. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson and also the Las Vegas Strip, or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. But these two stinkers rise above the rest as far as the worst in pop culture for 2022. So before I go with that, there's nothing else as far as the worst of 2022 for you in pop culture? Well, I mean, the the switch in ownership of Twitter has yes. been tough for a lot of people to deal with. You know, that, that could be a hot take for some people. I don't know. But it was enough for us to consider changing platforms for all of our podcasts and, and stuff like that. And we've dipped our toes in a few options to see where we're going to land, but it's keeping a a close eye on everything that's happening there and just trying to, you know, wait it out and and wait for things to start to settle down. But that that led to some pretty turbulent times uh, as far as social media goes. So I put that on my worst list. For me, it's down to two for the worst of 2022 in pop culture. And if you watched and wasted an hour plus of your time with the movie Moonfall. God help you. You know, Halle Berry has her shining moments. She's such a sensational actress, such a wonderful presence on screen. And then she can pull out stinkers like, bat, what was it, a Catwoman? Catwoman, yeah. Yeah, and stinkers like this. Uh, you know, this is Moonfall. This was terrible. This trying to save the earth from whatever's going on and the only way the moon is somehow spewing out this stuff that's going to destroy the earth and it's absolutely awful the special effects are awful the the story is terrible the jokes are terrible it actually done by roland emmerich who's done a couple of these lame disaster movies i think like i think he did 2012 if i'm not mistaken god that sounds right is that the one with john cusack yeah 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 that was awful yeah. This was worse, and and fits all those same tropes. The the wise cracking uh, guy that's there, that seemingly knows everything as far as what was going on and knew ahead of time, and he's joking through all the way through, and he's all comedic fodder, and he's he's terrible. 
it's just a paycheck movie. It is when you get down to it, it is just a paycheck movie. They were there for the paycheck and nothing more. It was just really Patrick Wilson. Patrick Wilson, mm, yes, uh, Halle Berry. They're just there for the paycheck. They're moving on. They they can put this on their resume, and it's like a very small part. People forget about it because this movie is absolutely forgettable. Yeah, I don't think I would include that one on my on my resume. To be honest, I think I would just delete that from my IMDb. Yeah, you might want to after watching it. But yes, <laughs> Moonfall is the worst movie of 2022 for me. And the worst item of pop culture for 2022, I can't believe I suffered through 10 episodes of this. That's only because the nostalgic part and because the fact that Netflix dared me to go ahead and watch it and dared everybody to go ahead and watch it. Unfortunately, it never made the Netflix top 10 and just got canceled last week. Unsurprisingly, is Blockbuster. This Mm. was their vanity plate for everything they went through as a company as far as once offering themselves at the feet of Blockbuster to please buy them out of their misery for a paltry 20 or 25 million or whatever. They refused. We all know what happened then. They became a powerhouse. Blockbuster went out of business and it's based off primarily the one last remaining Blockbuster store that's out there, although they based it in Michigan. It's actually real life in Oregon, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And yeah, this was just terrible. Randall Park, it was seemingly sleepwalking throughout the entire thing. And the whole cast of characters that's there is really bad. The Some of the people and some of the minds behind the great series that I absolutely love, Superstore, was also behind this as well. And it deserved a death. This was just something like, again, that that was a vanity for Netflix to go ahead and do because, ha, 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 we win, we win. So we're going to go ahead and make a show about it. Oh, that's too bad. It didn't get watched by a lot of people. We'll just cancel it. Oh, we feel so terrible about that. No, you don't. You enjoyed doing it in the first place to show Blockbuster up, and you enjoyed it even more when you had to cancel it because you knew this was a piece of trash. Wow, Gerald, that that almost sounds, what's the word I'm looking for? Nope, it's gone. Sorry, I lost the word. Uh, yeah, goodbye. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll think of you about 1230 tonight and I'll text it to you. Um, but it it is unfortunate and it all kind of smacks of bad form. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, like you, I mean, obviously it's some bad decisions actually led to the downfall of Blockbuster and nobody paying their late fees. It would be like if, for example, GM and took over and absorbed Ford. And then Mm -hmm. Ford became, you know, the the big deal. And they decided to produce a car and call it the General Motors car. Um, But all it did was, and there's going to be people out there laughing, but all it's going to do is is break down. It's going to suck all of the gas. It's going to not be good for becoming an electric vehicle. Even if they do have an electric version, there's going to be some kind of problem with it. It just kind of feels like that same thing where it's not enough that you are now the dominant force in the in the playing field, but to go ahead and show the demise of a one-time opponent or a foe or a hopeful ally just feels, you know what I mean? It just, it feels tacky. It is. And yeah. it, that's this whole show has a stench to it. 
Yeah. And what it wanted to do, what it tried to do, the, uh, the possible romance and all that stuff that went on. It's just formulaic. We've seen it all before in a hundred sitcoms before that, a thousand sitcoms before that. And it just wasn't done well. And again, they were just going through the motions. The jokes did not hit at any stretch. It's not funny in the slightest. It's not amusing in the slightest. Uh, it looks like they used just one sound stage to build the entire ball that they, everything is taking place at. And they didn't go to any lengths to really make this anything special for any viewers out there for Netflix. So, you know, Netflix viewers said, you know, we don't want this trash. And they, they, they rightly so. You put out trash, they're not going to watch it. And uh, I understand this again. This was like a vanity plate on the back of the vehicle known as Netflix. But unfortunately, it doesn't mean that we have to watch it either. Yeah, very, very true. And uh, yeah, it was just a uh, bad form, Netflix. Bad form. Bad, bad form indeed. But before we head on out, my friend, there mm-hmm. is the most anticipated, because we've talked about the best of 2022 in pop culture. We've talked about the worst of 2022 in pop culture. What is the most anticipated things that you want to see or talk about or actually see more of or actually finally get to see or interact with in 2022? Oh, my goodness. There are so many things. Um, I am very excited, obviously, about Diablo 4. Mm-hmm. Um, there have been talks of, do you, did you want to pre-order that? And I can give you the receipt as a gift at Christmas. <laughs> You know, there's been, you know, conversations like that around the house. Uh, so I'm very much looking forward to that. May actually take the week that it releases off work so I can just hang out at the house and just play video games and eat junk food. And it's going to be glorious and I can't wait. Um, also super excited for the next John Wick installment. And uh, along with that, even though I'm not so sure that it's coming out in 2022, but I could be wrong, um, is the the John Wick series, which is going to further expand Ballerina. the John Wick universe. Yeah, called Ballerina, which we saw in John Wick 3, right? Yes. Uh, when he goes in uh, excommunicado and in all of that stuff. Um, so I'm I'm very interested to find out how the ballerinas play into the world of John Wick. I, I think that's going to be really interesting. And as a dungeon master, I am very interested in the Dungeons and Dragons movie. Even if it's terrible, I'm sure it's still going to be kind of fun, like any D&D session. Uh, even if it's bad, it's still fun. Um, and what I think would be very funny and even a little bit cheeky is if they put it in theaters for like two weeks and then pulled it out for like three weeks and then plopped it back in for a week and then pulled it out for like three weeks. Because then it would be like trying to schedule an actual D&D game and getting everybody around the table. It's seems to be hit or miss in, in how some of that stuff can work out in terms of schedules. I don't think they're going to go that deep into, uh, you know, the realism of Dungeons and Dragons, but uh, I, yeah, I, I am excited for the movie. Even uh, the one that had Jeremy Irons in it ages ago, um, you know, I, it's a terrible movie, but there's something about the movie that is, uh, is charming and, and fun to watch. And maybe it's just that it's so bad that it's fun to watch. That could be it. Um, but, uh, yeah, those are probably the top three things that I'm looking forward to the most out of 2023 so far anyway. Well, there's a little bit for me that I'm looking forward to most doubt, uh, no doubt. Obviously I'm looking forward to seeing Tom Cruise light up the screen again in mission impossible dead reckoning part one. This is the first part of the closure of the mission impossible series. So I'm definitely looking forward to that more running from Tom Cruise. What are the odds? (laughs) Hooray. Guy likes to jog jog indeed but he's doing a full sprint if you saw the video as far as the trailer upcoming for it so 
Definitely looking forward to that. Also as well, Indiana Jones, one last time, Indiana Jones 5 and the Def and the Dial of Destiny. Just really looking forward to this one, although this won't be directed by Steven Spielberg. This is, a, you know, at least you can say this is directed by James Mangold, who did Logan, who did a great job ending at that time what we thought would be the end of yes. Wolverine. He did a great job with that. It's going to probably have some emotions, but it's almost a guaranteed shoe in to be good because it's an odd number Indiana Jones movie. Right. And in the Indiana Jones pantheon, the odd numbers are where it's at. Yes, absolutely. Yes. So definitely right. uh, looking forward to that. Seeing how that comes around. Oppenheimer, I know that's gotten a lot of news mm. lately. I think that's something we both are thinking about seeing. I know Josh and I were intrigued by it as well when we got to see the trailer. A lot of big names attached to it. Christopher Nolan, who does Christopher Nolan things, I think, when it comes to the way he wants to present his movies on screen and how little disdain he has for streaming ventures and how it's distributed as far as that's concerned. So definitely uh, looking forward to seeing Oppenheimer on the big screen as he intended it to be when we, when it comes out, Barbie, I know you said some things about that as well. Correct. I mean, the teaser trailers that are out now that show Margot Robbie is the, you know, a 20 foot tall Barbie. It's certainly attention grabbing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that that'll necessarily be a theater flick for me, but uh, it's definitely uh, on, I suppose it is on my list. Let me add that one here. Just hang on a second. Okay, Barbie. Fair enough. But I can tell you one that you are going to add to your list. That was uh -huh. one of the best things in pop culture for 2021. Oh. And that is Doom Part 2. Yes, that's right. That comes out this year. Yes. So Doom God. Part 2 in 2023. Denis Villeneuve's uh, envisioning of the Dune series finally being able and be allowed to take place over the course of two instead of crammed into one movie. Mm -hmm. So we're going to see what takes place here. I'm very excited for it. Yes, I know what happens, but that's not the point. It's his envisioning of it has re-sparked my interest in the Dune series. So I am looking forward to it. And it's led even to HBO's Dune the Sisterhood. I think that's coming up as a series. So I am excited to go ahead and see what's coming up for Dune Volume 2 when that comes up in November. And I know there's the Marvels. I know there's Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. I know there's a lot of great things that are coming up as well for the movie slate this upcoming year. Aquaman 2, Flashpoint. There's a ton of stuff that's coming out. Scream 6. I know there's a whole bunch of things. And of course, you know we're going to talk about it each and every week right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. But my friend, 2022 has been a pretty good year for pop culture. Mm -hmm. Any last thoughts before we head on out? Yes. If you are like me and you've been dragging your feet about getting back to the theater to see some movies, I think it might be time for us all to give it a shot, to give it a go. And if you can, if there's an independent movie house in your neighborhood, in your city, give that a shot. Not that the big movie theater chains aren't suffering because they are, but uh, in particular, you know, those smaller theaters, give them some of your time. And yeah, we're, we're just going to continue to keep watching and we will keep you posted on what we think is terrible and what we think is great, even when you didn't ask for it. Absolutely. As only we can. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. So from Linda Barkhouse Ross, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day right here in the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. 
We thank you so much for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great